0: There is no cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all way of doing anything anymore,
1: and there really never was. Hi, I'm Esther Boykin. And I'm Erica Turner. We're licensed marriage and family therapists, and together we run Therapy is Not a Dirty Word a collection of workshops, retreats, happy hours, and other awesome ways, like this podcast, to bring people and therapists together in real life. With that being said, here's the podcast. All right, so I promised I was gonna come up with a new thing to say about how I feel when we have guests on, but I don't have anything new yet for 2019, so (laughs) I'm just gonna say it again. I'm super excited for today's guest. Yes, we're so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So today we have Jericho, say your last name for me. I probably should have asked this before, Mandy Burr? Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So we have Jericho Mandy Burr, who we are super excited to have, and we'd like to let you introduce yourself to our listeners. So give us the quick version, who are you, what you do, and why you're so magical in the world. Okay. Well, let me. Literally, (laughs) Literally. (laughs)
0: guys. (laughs) My background is in editing and journalism, and I I was based in Australia originally, and I I moved to LA. Because I was invited to be the editorial director of Girl Boss, which is now a pretty well-known brand. And I recently resigned from that position so that I could focus more on my self-care and my other more magical pursuits, which are that I'm like an intuitive guide and a tarot reader. I'm training to be a spiritual self-care coach and like broaden the offerings I have. I'm also releasing two books this year. One is a tarot deck and book called Neo Tarot. It's coming out in April, and one is kind of an Oracle book, which is coming out in November. So Ooh. that's where I am right now.
1: Lots of very exciting stuff. So I kind of want to dive in. Which part of what prompted me? I I actually, I mean, I subscribed to Girl Boss, and so I've been impressed with your work. And I love, as somebody who also sends out kind of emails from the boss, I've always loved the emails that you would send out while you were at Girl Boss. And so the last one really just struck me from the perspective of. How do we manage that like self-care and making decisions where it's what outwardly is like this very exciting, you know, high profile, impressive position and balancing that against what you were starting to, what I assume you felt was best for you individually. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of curious if you could talk a little bit about what that journey is like and what the experience was like to share that in such a public way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was very terrifying. And I think a lot of women can identify with this because you know, you, you get to a point where you're really, really grateful for the opportunities that you've been given and you've worked so hard to get to where you are. <laughs> and then the thought of giving that away, it's just, it really brings out a lot of fear and a lot of contraction and feeling like, why would I give all this away when I've like worked so hard to earn it? And, you know, I don't want to appear ungrateful. And There's nothing really wrong with where I am now. So should I risk everything? for what might be, you know, moving into something that is, is kind of like quote unquote worse than what I have now. And that's, you know, financially, but also just, I feel like work and my identity are very closely tied or they have been because I've really just lent into work in a way that kind of it defines me in a large part. So it was a very scary thing. And I think for that reason, I put it off for a really long time. And then it was basically just because of health reasons that I was like, well, I can't avoid this anymore. And like, I'm a grown woman now. Like, I'm I'm 33. If I don't do this now, like, will I ever? You know what I mean? And I I didn't want it to get any worse. I didn't want to get sick or sicker. I didn't want to regret not just being braver, especially working at Girl Boss because our whole, you know, reason for existence as a brand is to inspire and, and encourage women to to be brave and to take risks and to give them the resources to do so. So I was like. I'm a fraud if I don't do this for myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I think you highlight something really important. A, a couple of things stood out for me in, in what you just shared. And one is just that, you know, I think when you're doing this sort of work that, how do I want to say this, that really sort of, you know, it requires you to show up with your full self. Mm. Once you realize there's a disconnect, it's, it's very difficult to stay in that space. As a therapist, for me, if I'm sort of not able to bring my full self to the work each day, any day that that doesn't happen feels much harder than all of the other days, right? And so, you know, working in terms of being, you know, working at Girl Boss and being in this environment where you are a cheerleader for women, for, you know, women moving forward, for women empowering themselves, and then feeling like there's some disconnect in, in the role, not in the work, obviously, because clearly that those are issues you're passionate about, I would imagine would feel, would feel very difficult and stressful and, and, and hard to stay in that space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think that set me up to feel like, if I don't do this, i'm not I'm not serving anyone to my fullest, and it's it's something where a lot of people would really relish the opportunity to be in that role. And if I wasn't going to give it my one hundred and ten percent, then I really shouldn't be in it because I don't want to like say one thing and do another. I don't want to have these kinds of conversations about women's empowerment and find that I'm kind of in the back of my mind half-assed, if that makes sense, about how I'm thinking about them. Yeah.
1: I mean, and I think another piece of that, I just want to say real quick, I think that, you know, when we feel like we're doing something that, you know, we're lucky to do or fortunate to do, there's a sense of, well, I have to do this because I get to do this and really sort of recognizing I get to do this is not the same as I want to do this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And my partner always says this really good piece of advice, which is just be careful what you're good at, because just because you're really good at something and you know something doesn't mean that that's A, all you have to offer, but B, that means that that's where you should stay. And that's the container that you should always keep yourself in and not do anything else, you know, because I might be good at, you know, taking on other people's emotional baggage, but that doesn't mean that I should devote my life to doing that, you know?
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. very familiar with that skill <laughs> <laughs> right and in some ways, it makes it also makes me think about it's it's almost a different reframe for imposter syndrome, which I feel like is always a conversation about you know women and in particular in our professional roles or in high powered positions. We think about it in terms of, oh, I get this job and then do I deserve it? And people will mm-hmm. find out I'm a fraud. But sometimes, and I think in particular when the work, also is tied to sort of a purpose. And I mean, a more philosophical purpose, right? At boss helping women to be brave and be empowered, you know, as therapists, you know, focusing on things like self-care and self-growth and that kind of stuff. That there's this other kind of, or at least I feel like sometimes I experience this other sense of imposter syndrome of, am I living out the philosophies that I'm also sort of prescribing for other people to do? Mm-hmm and then balancing that against when you are in a position of of leadership and and there's some ambitions around that like how do you find that strike that balance between i need to do these things but i also need to maintain what whatever image you have of what it means to sort of be in that leadership role mhm
0: yeah it yeah it felt very push and pull for me in that way because I try to be as transparent as possible just because I'm really interested in self-care and I'm something of self-care advocate doesn't mean that I'm good at it. <laughs> like quite the opposite. Like I'm interested because I have so much learning to do in that space. And I, I tried to kind of not set myself up as like somebody who has, you know, all this information that then I'm gonna to disperse to other people and help them because I was really learning as I was going and still am. And it kind of even feels like that with with coaching now. It's like, oh, I, I have to have all my shit together because how can I possibly help anyone else and speak from this position of authority if if I if I still have work to do in that area. But it's, I don't know, I think it's just making peace with the fact that nobody completely has their shit together and nobody really knows what they're doing like 100% of the time. (laughs) And just being honest and vulnerable about that and how we're all kind of working through that as human beings together is really important to me because yeah, I feel like there's a lot of advice giving out in the world where it seems like, and this is, you know, women's media companies, get people on an individual level, everything, where it's, I know all this and I'm gonna give you all this advice. And it's Everybody's journey is so different. I much prefer the philosophy of coming to something ourselves in our own unique way. There is no cookie cutter, one size fits all way of doing anything anymore. And there really never was. So yeah, I kind of just try and live that as best as I can. And that helps me feel like making peace with this conflict that I like have in my mind, but it's definitely there. And it's a real struggle because I think that we're just not taught anything else. I feel like, you know, when we're really, really little, we might be like super confident and feel like we can do anything. And then that's slowly stripped away and we become more and more of this feeling of that we're imposters. And that's our default, unfortunately. And so without doing the work of peeling back the layers of the onion of why we feel like that and how we can let go of some of that, through vulnerability and just having honest conversations with each other and things like that. If we don't really set that intention and do that work, it's always going to be there. So I think it's just being aware of it and trying to do what we can to confront it and move on from it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think I, I like what you said about how, you know, in childhood, we start out hopefully we start out confident and, and wanting to do different things and, and being bold, right? And we make ourselves smaller as we get older, right? Certain things cause us to sort of draw into ourselves. And if we don't kind of do the work to expand, then we stay in that small space. But yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm curious, do you have, I'm going to ask a question that I sort of hate when people ask me because it's always hard for me to answer, but I'm going to ask you. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a practice or a habit or just something that you've kind of learned along the way that helps you get grounded when you are in that space of feeling like you don't have the answers or you don't know what you're doing or, you know, when, when we're, you're in that space of kind of feeling contracted and like stuck in a box, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you do in terms yeah. of healthcare practice or, or mm-hmm. anything else that helps you?
0: Yeah, I I try and do just as many little things as I can. I don't have one thing that seems to work for me, but I try and do things like breathing and, like you say, trying to be as grounded as possible. So I really like doing slow breathing and exercises that put me back in my body. And so for me, I do a lot of breathing into different chakras and trying to feel, you know, the weight of my body and the sensations of where I am in a space and get out of my head, you know, because I can just so... I forget that I have a body sometimes. I'm one of those people. So as much as I can, I'll just try and feel into where I am physically. And so I can also have baths. I mean, I have a bath every single day because I'm lucky enough to have a bath in my place. I don't shower ever just because I love baths so much. (laughs) I do everything in the bath, like wash my hair, everything. That seems to help just, you know, calm my nervous system a bit. And then the other kind of things that I like doing are just meditation, which you know, I, I I don't take too seriously in terms of the right way to do it. Like I haven't been really taught how to meditate, but I just kind of do what feels comfortable for me. And sometimes I'll do guided ones and sometimes I'll just kind of be with myself. And then, yeah, the other thing I do is just like tarot or light a candle and, and try and think about where I am and where I want to be and try and set intentions for like how can I move forward? I I try really hard to always think about moving forward and the present tense and the future tense, not so much the past, because I don't want to be dragged back. That's how I get to this kind of contraction in the first place. (laughs) So I try and think about, okay, what what can I do in this moment or in the next few hours? And yeah, aside from being kind of, you know, fortune telling tool, I really love tarot as just kind of a mirror for my energy at any given moment and I'll ask a question you know like what's what's the medicine in this moment or like what do I need to know right now to understand how I'm feeling that kind of thing and I'll just pull a card and and I feel like it's almost like the equivalent of an ink blot test or something like I'll just sit with that card and and meditate on the meaning and how it might relate to me in that moment and it's a really good way to just kind of change my perspective on things because I'm randomizing the perspective in a way -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really helpful. And then I'll just journal about that. And I also just journal in general without really any kind of structure. I'll just write as much as I can about how I feel until I feel like I've gone through a bit of a cathartic process. So, yeah, they're my favorite things.
1: Gotcha. Those are really good things. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit because I know you uh, about tarot because I know you have a new book coming out and I saw online, I saw the illustration for it and it looks gorgeous. Thank Um, you. Yeah. And so I was curious, I mean, just if you could talk a little bit about kind of how you got into tarot and, and you know, you've, you've talked a little bit about how it touches on your self-care, but I'm also curious about how it touches on like your creative process as a writer and, and, and in terms of your work.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. The illustrator of the deck, her name is Diana Ruiz and she's an artist and illustrator based in Brazil that just does these amazing, really strong figures that I resonated with so I was so glad that I could work with her but tarot and me have like a funny history because I was really fascinated by it when I was a child and I mean always you know so I was playing with my dad's girlfriend's tarot cards and I thought they were really cool I had no idea what they meant or anything but I was one of those kids that was really into spells and pyramids and UFOs and just, you know, (laughs) occult stuff, mysterious things, that kind of thing. So I was always nerding out on anything that was like a little bit magical, but I, I kind of, I had a deck for like most of my, you know, teens and certainly twenties, but it was most of the time under my bed. And I was, unless I was in a really confident place and it was like the middle of the day, I was scared to use it because, you know, my mother was Christian growing up and I felt that I was going to unleash something a little bit evil. <laughs> and so I, I was obsessed with it and I wanted to do it, but I, re- I refused to really give in because I, I had these superstitious ideals about what it meant to be interested in tarot. And so then it wasn't until like my mid to late 20s that after like kind of repressing that my whole life and just focusing on my career... I was in like a really just exhausted, burnt out, spiritually, like very unfulfilled place. And I started getting back into the things that I was into when I was younger, meditating and, and magic and thinking about setting attentions and manifesting and all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, I need this right now. Like I need comfort. I need some kind of North Star. So I just kind of whipped out the tarot deck and committed myself to understanding it and being able to have the meanings memorized and like all that stuff. And I got a teacher and then I got a second teacher and then I just started reading for friends and and stuff like that. And then ultimately strangers over the internet. So yeah, that's kind of the, the long story short of the tarot. I think I, I really do love how creative it is. I think that tarot is something that even if you're completely skeptical about it, I think it is this really interesting tool because the archetypes in tarot are just so, you know, they're very universal and they're very just kind of, every card speaks to an aspect of the human condition. So if you're like creative writing, for example, like you can just kind of randomly pull tarot cards and be like, oh wow, there's a story here. Like reading tarot is is very much like storytelling. So I think it's really inspiring because there's something for, there's there's something that explains like every facet of our experiences. And so, yeah, like I know a lot of people that, I don't really do this so much because I'm not like much of a creative writer right now, but I know people that'll just use tarot cards as a way to kind of like storyboard almost, or just they'll pull one and they'll be inspired to write poetry about that particular energy and things like that. So I kind of feel like, it's just, it's just a tool like anything else. And you can use it in like an infinite amount of ways, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I think what really struck me as you were talking, because we were talking earlier about the idea of starting out. And I think particularly for women, like you start as a little girl and you have this confidence and this creativity and this openness to things. And so it's interesting that it's a thing that you were really open to as a child. And that Mm -hmm. it sounds like partially in your process of Expanding yourself now in, as an adult was about kind of coming back to, oh, this thing that I was drawn to as a child actually helps me to maybe step more fully into who I am or be yeah, about how I need to take care of myself.
0: Yeah. And it, it did feel like I had to have that conversation with myself. Like it was very intentional. Like I didn't feel fulfilled in what I was doing because I just kind of felt like I lost my way and I was on this speeding train of careerness that I couldn't stop. <laughs> and so when I sat down with myself, I was like, what actually just brings me joy? Aside from my concept of what I'm good at, what do I love? What gives me that feeling, you know? And it was just, you know, that, that just took me straight back to childhood and thinking about magic and possibility and all of the kind of stuff that Tara represents. And so I kind of just, it was like a, a switch flicked and I just made the decision to explore that because I wanted to get back to finding myself.
1: Yeah. It makes me feel like that's a place for for everybody, like whatever your thing is, you know, tarot, yeah. whatever it is for each of us as individuals. Can you be intentional about kind of reclaiming that in in a way in your adulthood now and and how that takes care of you? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who I was having conversations with at the time and she was kind of going through something similar and she worked in the film industry and she was like, well, you know, I was just one of those kids that like, I just played in the dirt and I was like, well, you should just do that. I don't know, do gardening or something. and she's since joined a community garden and she is it's the same thing she's just chasing that that spark or that feeling that really juicy like nostalgia feeling of freedom that you had then and how can you incorporate that into your life now so yeah it's cute
1: yeah well and I really like this idea about it reminds me something you posted on Instagram this you posted and I don't know if I wrote the exact quote or just kind of the my take on it but it was about how the universe has no hidden agenda. It works around what you're doing. And basically this sense with tarot that you're empowering yourself to to tell your own story, right? It sounds like you, you can use the cards and kind of the, connect with those themes, but then either sort of write creatively or sort of just think creatively about your life as a jumping off point.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's That's kind of how it feels. The other day I was talking about how I, what I believe tarot is kind of thing. <laughs> and I was saying, I feel like it's a mirror of us in the same way that the universe, you know, in general is a mirror of us. And the universe is totally like a replaceable word. Like you can insert God, love, whatever. But I feel like life itself is just so big and and infinite and cosmic and we can't really understand it. And I, I personally, and everybody's different, but I personally don't Believe that the universe is super, super benevolent and just watching us and looking out for us and always going to make the best decision for us. It's more like where we're at and the energy we're giving off is what's going to be reflected back to us. So I kind of feel like life itself is more or less neutral. And for me, that's actually a really good thing because it just feels like that's our cue to really empower ourselves and to understand that we the ones we've been waiting for, like we're in control, you know, it's our call, like what happens and it's the kind of the intentions that we set and the work that we do and the stuff that we put out there, that's going to change our path, you know, one way or the other. So tarot is very much like that. It's looking at the present moment and it's saying, yeah, you know, like things might go down this path, but that's because of where you're at, right now and hopefully this is kind of a temperature gauge that's going to give you food for thought and mean that you can take a more appropriate or more beneficial course of action as a result so it should never feel like it's some kind of this is your fate thing it should always feel really like empowering and these are your choices you know and, and you are in control mm-hmm
1: I mean, I never had thought about the links between therapy and tarot, but now (laughs) just in terms of sort of, you know, a lot of the work we do with clients and of course with ourselves is sort of figuring out how you can make, how you can make the best choices, you know, with what you're given and how you can live with things that you can't change. Right. Mm. That whole balance between sort of I'm going to whatever agency I have, whatever power I have to make my life better, to make my life more meaningful, to make my relationships better, to make my work better, I'm going to use whatever power agency I have, but then I also have to do the work of accepting you know things that I can't change. And it sounds like a lot of those a lot of those themes are are in tarot or in that process as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very much so. I think a lot of um, people in the tarot community use therapy or counseling language to explain tarot and how it works, which, you know, to be totally honest, is both good and bad because if you're a tarot reader that's presenting yourself as, you know, a trained counselor or therapist, in my opinion, there's there's a a strong need to be very responsible there Mm -hmm. because that's just not the training that you've had. And that's not necessarily like what you're going to be able to offer people. But I think that they both have this foundation of agency, which is, you know, obviously really important and how we want to approach anything, you know, and if you just like with like a therapist, like if you find that you're seeing like a tarot reader or some other kind of divination person, and then not emphasizing your agency in a situation, then, you know, that's a good sign that you need to leave. Right.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. That's that's probably a good rule of thumb for almost every relationship you enter is absolutely yeah. you are powerless. Yeah. <laughs> we, we it <laughs> that is problematic. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that. I think one of the things that I was that I also found really interesting is how you pull together therapy and mental health with tarot, with self-care in, in your own podcast. And, and even, you know, when at your work, your boss, bringing all of these pieces together that don't immediately seem like they go together, mm-hmm. but that there really is sort of this very empowering self-development theme across all of it. And I'm just curious, yeah. if, was that like very intentional? You saw it and you're like, I'm going to do this. Or is that just kind of something that unfolded for you in your, you know both? personally and in your professional life?
0: Yeah, honestly, it just kind of unfolded because they're the things I'm interested in (laughs) and they don't really have anything to do with each other. But for me, I've got the same lens on them. So they really do. And within my world, they all kind of have a place and a role to play. So I didn't really think too much about it. and, And I was kind of the only person that was really working on the show and and what it was so i didn't really have anybody to ask me questions about the relevance or the what i was thinking i just kind of went with it so it just kind of reflects my stance on things but at the same time another benefit of that approach is just that this it feels a little bit like there's something for everybody because a lot of people in In my life, and I think especially in marginalized communities, queer people, especially maybe like trans and and non-binary people, people of color, like we don't necessarily have great experiences over the course of our lives with, you know, traditional, institutionally seen as legitimate modes of healing. So psychiatry, you know, for example, might have left us in a place of feeling a little bit scarred and wanting something that's a little bit more DIY or feels a little bit more inclusive. And I think that alternative therapies and healing modalities kind of help fill that role for a lot of people. But at the same time, you know, you want to be presenting information that's that's qualified and makes sense and responsible and all these things. So for me, having like psychologist Dr. Lauren on, and then also having an astrologer just feels like everybody can take something from either of those people or one of those people and not the other one and just, you know, take what resonates and don't worry about the rest. And hopefully like something sticks.
1: Makes like sense. That. Yeah. 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 It feels like a nice way of also sort of building the bridge, right? Like using varying different, it's alternative approaches to, to institutions, both in terms of psychiatry and mental health. And also I think about it in terms of religion, when it's super structured that, that, For a lot, you're right, for a lot of marginalized people, like those institutions have not always historically been supportive. And so offering it in this in a more creative, more fluid way and still valuing professional expertise. Yeah. And and actual training and, and making sure that what you get, what you're picking and choosing from is all kind of quality stuff to begin with. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, totally. That's important. But absolutely right. We're on the religious institutions front, it's the same thing. So I think that people that are drawn to holistic practices or new age practices are people that feel like maybe there wasn't a place for them somewhere else. And that's kind of my experience to an extent as well. So I, I want to kind of be mindful of that and hopefully provide that place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to... Change gears a little bit and just ask you about. I was just curious because of some of your posts, just sort of navigating the intersection between like social media and the self. I mean, you had some posts where you kind of reflected on, I think you had said something like the how the self is being put out there for consumption. And I was just curious about, you know, obviously you're very active on social media and quite adored, I think, on social media. <laughs> I'm sure in real life as well. And <laughs> <laughs> and well, and we can argue social media is real life. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was just curious about, I guess, how you sort of think about your sort of role via social media, but then also sort of honoring yourself as a person and showing up authentically and how you kind of navigate that or if you had thoughts about that
0: yeah oh my gosh I have so many thoughts and like none of them are well formulated but it's (laughs) for me because I understand all the the reasons why social media like Instagram is is really liberating for so many people because you know it's this connective tool uh, it can inspire people to kind of create communities together and there's this huge sense of belonging that comes with that and that kind of that's like even though I'm definitely not like a teenager or anything that's that's how I've felt about it but then on the other hand (laughs) it's so yeah, it's it's this need to perform your personhood and and just the performative aspect of living now that like it's not enough just to go about your life and have experiences like you need to share them and consider them publicly and shout your celebrations from the rooftop and it's like if it doesn't happen on social media then did it even happen and that's just really it's really dangerous because. Now we're kind of getting into this era of vulnerability.
1: <laughs> just vulnerability.
0: Like, Guys, you know, I've never said this before, but, you know, like I've always been, you know, I've, I've always had a, an issue with my earlobes and then it's, but try these earrings, hashtag ad. Like just, <laughs> people are trying to be real and that's a, that's a, a definitely like a valid desire, but. It's like everything, like if you're presenting it publicly on like a, a website essentially that you don't own and you have no control over, then one way or another, like eventually it's going to inform how marketing works and how you know, advertising works. And I mean, not only that, but also just like your data or security and things like that. So I think it's like kind of a, a thing that we, uh, we're creating like our own worst nightmare. <laughs> in real time. But at the same time, like what's the alternative? We kind of just stop and then we don't have a space to talk about the injustices in the world, to meet people that have the same passions as us, you know, all these positive things as well. So it's really, really tricky. And I think the best thing to do is just check yourself as much as possible. Like I try it before I post anything. I'm like, why am I doing this? What do I have to say and like what's the desire behind this and just try and be really intentional and obviously the same with the people that I follow and things like that I try and be mindful of how I'm kind of consuming it and the stuff that I'm kind of letting into my space I saw ironically it was like an Instagram Quote, but I saw a quote the other day. It's like it just said something like, "Be really careful of your energy when you're engaging in Instagram because you you might think you're just sitting at home scrolling on the couch, but it is an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, if you find yourself depleted and exhausted or depressed, you know, there's like a very real reason for that. So it's not nothing, and we have to be really mindful and careful of how we use it. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah no, I really like that a lot because I think you highlighted the dichotomy between. On one hand, social media is a space where you can be you know, creative and you can connect to other people and you can present stories and narratives that would get lost, right? In this sort of bigger capitalist, patriarchal, <laughs> whatever, all of the isms, essentially, lots of stories would be lost, I think, without social media, without us having that platform. And again, that space to be creative, but then also that it is, you know, this piece where you can... You feel like you have to perform, or you feel like you have to be online all the time, or you feel like you have to, you know, show certain things about yourself in order to, I don't know, stay active in the conversation, the larger sort of conversation. Yeah. I think I like. Well, too I mean, I absolutely like the message because sometimes I think people get caught up in this like, well, you need you need to give up social media or, mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you know, it's too much. And, and sort of going back to what we've been talking about, the idea that we all also have agency. You can also make choices about if your experience of scrolling Instagram is depleting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's about getting off of it. Maybe it's also about being more intentional about who you follow and who you don't. And right. Like, really kind of cultivating like, oh well what is in my feed? Why am I on here in the first place? What do I want to see? What you know feels good.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and just remembering that it isn't real life. And if there's people in your life or people that you don't know that you feel like, oh I really want to block them, but I can't, it's you absolutely can. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like there are no repercussions. You can Block or unfollow like whoever you want and it's weird that now we think about that as like some kind of affront to that person it doesn't matter
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) one I think you as you were kind of saying like you have to protect your own energy and I think too you have to I mean, I I, the re, I the don't like the whole, like, I'm just going to get off. It's always like, I'm just going to get off Facebook, which shows you yeah. how old I am, that that's what people <laughs> yeah. say in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is always, I'm getting off Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like that sort of just black and white thinking about, well, I'm just going to toss the whole thing instead of being intentional about both what you post and what you consume, but also... I think also asking yourself questions about why you're having that reaction, right? Like mm. if I'm scrolling through and I'm seeing a bunch of stuff that other therapists are doing and I'm feeling jealous, and no, I've never had that feeling ever. Never. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then why am I having that feeling? Is it, is it something, do I feel like something's missing in my own career or my own work? Or, you know, is there something there to sort of be thoughtful about why you're having the reactions you're having and and what meaning they have if any and how you want to approach them that basically you need to be as intentional about social media consumption and what you're putting out there as everything else you do in your life
0: yeah agreed and and i've had to kind of put these kinds of concrete limitations on myself i post like every Sunday because I have like a tarot card of the week thing that I do and then I might let myself post like one other thing during the week you know (laughs) maybe like twice a day I'll let myself do like a 10-minute scroll and like see what's up and like inclusive of like every kind of social media app that I have and just be like okay that's enough like put it away um, and put like a timer on it if I really, really need to, because you know how you got those notifications that tell you when your screen time is like up or down. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> those no, those are stressful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. So that, that kind of helps motivate me. Like if it's up, I'm like, okay, I need to lower it. How can I do that?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I like the intention. Of it. And I will. I also really like the, what oh. you said, which I'm sure I'm ah. going to use is the, the faux ah. vulnerability, yeah. which is something that Eric and I talk about. And we, we host this, a couple's dinner. And we had another colleague of ours, another therapist who talked about it in terms of, and sometimes this is the case both on social media and in actual person to person relationships. It's like somebody wandering around doing trust falls all over the place. Right. Like there's no setup. They're just constantly and kind of, and I think sometimes that is also the energy suck of, I've given you this thing that make me feel better. And so be also learning how to be mindful of that experience and how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you want to show up for it? And and do you get sucked into some of that same dynamic? Mm -hmm. Those are all questions to ask ourselves. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, this has been such an interesting conversation. I honestly, I know if you listen to the show, I'm always excited about our guests, (laughs) but I was particularly excited that you were coming on and I just feel like we've we've learned a lot and we've talked about really interesting things which across a gamut while there's this very clear theme which always gets me super jazzed maybe that'll be my new thing I'm jazzed I love that
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling very jazzed myself yeah so I feel like I could talk to you guys all day about this stuff it's so so interesting there's like so much to explore yes yeah
1: well we have to chat at some time in the future and I'd love if you if maybe you would give us a reading we- oh
0: yeah. Of course. How could I say no? That oh, would be- that
1: would be fun. I've never had a tarot reading. I think that would be really What? Fun. Oh, no. this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be great. Okay. All right. We're going to coordinate this and we're yeah. going to figure it out and maybe we'll do it on the podcast. Maybe we'll do like a video. Oh yeah. We could do a little live thing. I'm going to figure, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to get in touch because that would be great. I've only had one reading ever. Oh wow in the middle of a restaurant. So it was (laughs) awkward. Yeah, Yeah, I have more questions (laughs) about that, but I guess I'll ask you after. You know how my life is here. (laughs) (laughs) Things just happen. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and for joining us. Tell everybody, we'll post it in the show notes, but tell everybody again, the name of your upcoming deck and where they can find you and all of those kinds of things. Oh, thank you
0: so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure talking to you guys. Okay, so it's called Neo Terror. That's my book and deck. They come as a book set and they're coming out on April 2nd. Yay! Oh,
1: that's and, exciting. And, and find me on Instagram. Popular, again. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Like I said, we'll post yeah. all that stuff in the show notes. So for everyone listening, make sure you go check it out. You can order your copy of... Neo deck, am I saying it right? Neo tarot. Neo tarot. I knew I was going to like screw it up. That's why I it out <laughs> loud. So, everybody can get that and definitely follow you on Instagram and stay tuned because we're going to do this again. And Eric and I are going to get readings. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so great. much for coming on. We appreciate it though. This has been lovely. Thank you. Your <sighs> readings. So, what'd you think of today's episode? If you're listening in the anchor.fm app, hit the button up at the top and leave us a message. You can also send us messages on Instagram or Twitter at EsterBMFT and at Ian Flats. You can send us your therapist problems, suggestions for read, listen, watch, or ideas for upcoming episodes. And with that being said, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, anchor.fm. Catch you in the next episode.